Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire real universe. Welcome to the Dance Snack Bar, my name is Kate. Our specials on the menu are today... Chapters 13 to 15 of The Lightning Thief. And if you just take a seat right to your left, we'll be right with you. Wow, what an interesting way to start the pod, Joe. You didn't cut that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it in now. No! Totally <laughs> uh, They have to know how obnoxious you are. Oh, get fucked. You're just as obnoxious as I am. Okay, wow. Rude. <laughs> I'm obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. from Finding Nemo. Anyway, does anybody else think, just questions and queries, does anybody else think that our intro song sounds like the beginning of a One Direction song? Like, she sneaks out in the middle of the night, yeah. Tap just the tap color. She's addicted to the pillow, never letting go. Oh, whoa, letting go. We're gonna get copyright claimed. <laughs> Are we? Probably. Oh, we'll just get. Oh, oh, oh. Just chain it up a little bit. There we go. Oh, that's funny. Alright, guys, welcome to episode six. We Woo! are getting our chapter mashup today. Our title mashup is. I plunge to fugitive godly cheeseburgers. Doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. That's what we're going with. <laughs> well, if he'd named the title after the friggin' thrill I love, then it would have been fine. True, true. Because then it would have been I plunged into what? <laughs> into the thrill ride of love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on. We are getting distracted with... by our own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> we are starting with chapter 13 today. Right. Do you want me to read the recap? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go for it. In You've chapter... got a very narrator's voice. Oh, do I? It's quite interesting. Interesting? Oh. Error. 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 All right, well. That's in <laughs> chapter 13, I plunge to my death. The trio take the Amtrak to Missouri, where their layover time allows them to explore the St. Louis Arch at Annabeth's request. Yeah. However, at the top of the arch, after not being able to fit into the elevator with his friends, Percy is left stranded and is attacked by Echidna and her fearsome son, Chimera. Wanting to protect the humans on the arch, the after he is bitten by the monster, Percy sacrifices himself and throws himself off the arch, praying to Poseidon to save him on the way down. Oh, what a noble baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> See, these are the kinds of things that make people go, oh, what a precious cinnamon roll. <laughs> Reality. Yeah, I've got to protect my woman. <laughs> he doesn't even know them. I know. He's, that's why he's praised a precious cinnamon roll. Anyway. So he would I, do anything to protect the woman. Well, yeah. The, inno- really the innocent woman. Because this, um, the chimera especially, and I'll get into it later once we get to yeah. the chimera. This is just another, like, example of Rick putting in things that are specifically relevant to Poseidon. Yeah. And I don't oh. you know that. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Okay, enlighten <laughs> me. shock ahead. on your face. Well, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> the look of shock! Across that bridge. The utter astonishment. Alright, so, we are obviously starting off the chapter on the Amtrak train. Of course. They're sort of just wandering around, and Percy gets a glimpse at someone's newspaper, where he is being plastered as a fugitive, but also not just a fugitive, but like a reckless boy who's ruining everything. Which is... You know, half true. <laughs> yeah, it sort of tells the story of, um, you know, he's been, he's wanted for questioning because of his disappearance and his mum's disappearance and, and yada, yada, about yada. the bus that blew up because of the Furies. And apparently he attacked three old ladies, aka the Furies. So, yeah, that's really fun. The fact that they think he blew up the bus and you're like, 
No, lightning struck it, dumbass. I just like this chapter because, uh, not this chapter, but this little section, because it talks about, um, like, it just mentions little things that he sees as the train's going by. He sees a... Family of centaurs. Yeah, a family of centaurs, which really just, I mean, I only recently just watched Onward, and it's stuck in my brain, and so all I could think of in the family of centaurs, I know Joe hasn't seen Onward, but, like, no. if anyone here has, I just, it's all I could think about was Colt, the police officer, and just everything... I wish not entirely graceful about him and then I just thought of him times four as a little family like trying to run across the field and all just like tripping over that's well, all I can think of I wish I knew that reference yeah Kate recently just got Disney Plus <laughs> it's on her it's phone super fun and so I haven't been able to watch it's he also fine. Percy also sees something huge moving through the woods and he could have sworn it was a lion except that it was the size of a hummer and it's fur glinted gold the the Nemia the the Nemean the Lion. Yes, yes, yes. That is what that is, and I won't get into it because we'll save that for the Titan's Curse. I forget how you're supposed to kill it because it its mane is impenetrable. Well, Hercules killed it with its own claws. Yeah. And Percy and the hunters killed it by shooting a bunch of arrows in its mouth after Percy distracted it with some space food. Right. So like. Yeah, different. I have not read, like, this and then whole series he didn't, he didn't have to throughout for a really long time. He didn't have to skin the lion himself. Like, as soon as it died, the pelt just... Stayed there. Yeah, yeah, it was literally. the spoils of war. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I mean, that's the note that I had for that page. <laughs> Stuck in my head. Uh. Also, by now they've watched Our Godly Parents watched, listened yeah. to, our godly parent. <laughs> I'm a dancer. <laughs> I've decided! Oh, you have decided? Yeah. As of now, because I didn't know that. <laughs> and then the next paragraph, we sort of, or the, the next section of the chapter, we get into Percy waking up from sleeping on the train, and he um, says that we had to doze in our seats, and my neck got stiff. I tried not to drool in my sleep since Annabeth was sitting right next to me. That's another thing for starters. He was trying to impress her by not drooling in his sleep. But second of all, he's sitting next to Annabeth. He could have sat next to Grover, but he sat next to Annabeth. I mean, I probably wouldn't want him to sit next to Grover either. He probably... He probably kicked in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. That I mean, that'd be why. And then, oh, and see, now all my brain can keep on thinking is that he's 26, travelling with a bunch of 12-year-olds. And I'm like... He's their chaperone. Um. <laughs> we'll see. So, the next part of the chapter, because uh, Grove is still asleep, Percy finally tells Annabeth about his dream. Oh. And Joe, it is Kronos. Yeah. Because it was him. Definitely. Yeah, all the dreams that he's been having, it is Kronos. Because okay. Annabeth says that Hades always never laughs on a black throne and never laughs. So yeah. It can't be anyone but Kronos. Okay. So I was right. Okay, but like. <laughs> I that's, was right, I was right. I was right, I was right. What is that from? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that's going to annoy me now. I'm not knowing what it's from. Anyway. <laughs> but like, same argument I've been having this whole time is that, you know, it could be on purpose perceived as Hades to thicken the plot and confuse... Drum off, yeah. Yeah, confuse first Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand why everyone came, like, yeah. people came to that confusion. Com- Confusion. And maybe, maybe old time rereaders who are like, is that Hades? Okay. 
Those of me being like, I'm really not sure. People who haven't reread these books in 10 years going, uh, I really don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it's so fun that we're doing this podcast now because neither Can of us remember be anything. It. <laughs> it's pretty fun, actually. Anywho, so I thought I might inform you guys Kate's got a huge drink next to her that does have some alcoholicnessness in it. Hey, if you're allowed to drink on the pod, <laughs> I'm allowed to drink on the pod. I just thought it was funny. Good night, because it's usually just me who's drinking on the pod. <laughs> and so I've, I have also consumed time, so. a drink, guys. I've also consumed a drink, don't you worry. But I just thought I might share that I am not the only one <laughs> who is consuming or has consumed a drink. Hooray! Yes, it's relevant. Not so alone. Now. I do feel not so alone. I felt a little bit like an alcoholic and like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this if I can't do it sober. But then I was like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> also, you need a need a good stiff drink after a frustrating day at work. Not that today was frustrating, although my job is hard. I just wanted a drink. <laughs> okay, but then as they're talking about uh, the dream with Hades. Mm hmm. Annabeth, uh, uh, Percy says he offered my mother, in, like the reason that Percy thinks it's Hades is because he offered Sally as a trade and who else would do that? Yeah. And so, so once again, sort of, confusing the readers. Yeah. Annabeth is sort of trying to make sense of it. And then, um, she sort of brings up the kindly ones and says that, uh, they weren't as aggressive this time. And Percy goes, this time, you mean you've run into them before? And I had a question cause I don't remember when we found out that Grover was the one when Percy found out that Grover was the one who brought Talia, they didn't let slip that Annabeth was one of the two demigods no. with them. Okay. Because I wrote a note going... They also didn't let slip that Luke was the other one as yeah, well. Yeah, because I wrote a note that said, didn't Percy already figure out how she got to camp? And no. piece it all together with everything with Talia, but then I guess no, he just it pieced... hasn't happened. Yeah, he only pieced together the Grover part. Yeah, he only pieced together that it was Grover who was Talia's chaperone and two other unimportant demigods came with them and I was like, ah, unimportant! Push, push, push! (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That's another thing. I also love the conspiracy that it's like, Luke and Talia are like the same age, right? Technically. Uh, Or they were. Or maybe there was only like a year or so between I think he was a year older. I think. Yeah, but either way, they were basically like playing parents to Annabeth. Yeah. Yeah. And so... There was also the thing that that, what kind of relationship did Talia and Luke have? Because I feel like while Talia they was were eleven, the Luke was twelve, and Annabeth was seven. seven. Yeah. Because Luke is five years older than her. Yeah, right. Or is he seven years older than her? All I know is that he's nineteen right now, isn't he? 19 yeah, he or is. Twenty. Yeah, he's nineteen right now, which means he's seven years older than her. Right. Which means he must have been fourteen. Yeah. No. Yes. In my mouth, my brain went nine plus seven, fourteen. No, <laughs> she wasn't nine. But yeah, so he must have been fourteen, and she, Talia must have been like thirteen or twelve, maybe. I think she was thirteen, and then Annabeth was because she aged a couple years slower. Yeah, she's fifteen when she wakes up again. Yeah, due to the sheepskin. Yeah, whatever. It is. I can't forget what it's called. The Golden Fleece. That's yeah. What it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. slowly aged because of the tree. The tree! <laughs> anyway, and, um, yeah, so she's 15, almost 16, when she's in... Is it Titan's Curse? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Alright, so we're just, I'm just trying to think what kind You're of... trying to put the timeline together, are you? Yeah, a little bit. No, but I'm just more... Because I see, you see a bunch of, like, fan theories and stuff about what kind of relationships Talia and Luke had. Because they talk about how betrayed Annabeth felt when Luke was evil. But it's, what did Talia feel? Because, like, they were, each had different relationships to him. Talia saw him as more of a... Equal. An equal, whereas Annabeth saw him as a, like, father, big brother, protector type figure. And also, you know, someone to admire and look up to. And that's why she had a crush on him. <laughs> and so, yeah, just, I'm always, just always intrigued because they, literally nobody has ever confirmed any kind of relationship they had. Like, was it romantic on the, because they, they were together before they found Annabeth. They found Annabeth together. Yeah. So they're obviously in like being... a dumpster or like an alley or something. Yeah, and she tried to... Like some kind of urchin child. Yeah, they tried to... She tried to gut him with a blade. <laughs> it's like a like, little, little steak knife. Well, I was about to say, after the history that we find out of hers in these next few pages, I don't blame her. I don't blame her For not her trusting anyone. Seriously, ever. anyone. Like, what? Which is why it's so funny that Percy's like her person because he trusts everyone. <laughs> <laughs> And he's super fucking loyal, and she's Opposite like, side I don't know how to deal with this. <laughs> he's super loyal and trusting, and she's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much she is like, ew. <laughs> but yeah, so in these next few pages, after she sort of hints about the kindly ones, she then goes into her her sob story. Her dad, yeah. And basically, into her sob story, I mean, her dad didn't want her and then remarried, and then. The stepmom didn't want her, and then can we recap? Didn't want though? her playing with her <laughs> kids, and the, so she ran away. Yeah, well, the choices that her dad made after he'd, um, you know, accepted to like keep her and raise her as a kid. After that, he can be claimed as an absolute prick. Like that's not how you treat someone. But let's think about it. <laughs> Athena's relationship with him was they had a couple talks. They had a connection in the spark. Sure. They never engaged in anything sexual at all to be able to create a human, and yep. all of a sudden, boom, here's a human. <laughs> and in he's a golden bassinet. And he literally is like, he's literally like, what the fuck? He was it's like, we didn't yeah. even get to do the fun part. And creating a human. I think he was only just out of university, wasn't yeah. he? He's quite uh, a young parent, mm-hmm. isn't he? No, I That's could fine. be really wrong. I think I'm confusing that just for the because she has his college ring. Yeah, Maybe I have no idea about that. that. But just in general, like you can understand why he would be at least a little disgruntled that a child has shown up at his door and he's like, yeah. um, how the fuck can it be mine? Like, <laughs> hello? Oh, you're a god. Oh, <laughs> right. That makes sense. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a TikTok about Australian spill milk. That's funny. Anyway. And then uh, the chapter, um, the, the paragraph ends on... Every decision after that, he's an asshole. But, like, just for yeah. that one where he was like literally like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. The yeah. paragraph sort of ends on Annabeth saying she was, you know, seven when she got to camp still. And Percy sort of asking, oh, did you... I mean, you couldn't have got there by yourself. And she says sort of vaguely, no, I made some unexpected friends on the way. And yeah. then just, like, stops talking to me. <laughs> and he's just like... Oh, there wasn't more to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's um, another that's, thing. Okay, then we're done. <laughs> that's another thing. Did she end it on a tone of finality? Or oh, did probably. she just... That's just weird. Like, but yeah, you'd literally be like, oh, it was a conversation. 
okay. <laughs> I've been quite a few of those conversations where I'm like, oh, oh, you, oh, you have nothing left to say. Oh, I don't have anything to say either. Like, I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> yeah, you just, like, have that expectant look on your face where you're like, hmm? <laughs> yeah. So then as they're getting into Missouri, Annabeth sort of becomes enamored with the Gateway Arch. Of course. And um, then... They're sort of talking about how she wants to build something permanent and become an architect. And I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, and because uh, everything in her life just flitters Everything away. that she's sort of saying in response to Percy asking about her wanting to become an architect is all sort of like snarking. And he's like, "Look, can we just like cut it out and like can't we like work together or something?" Yeah. And she's like, "I mean, I guess." And like this is still playing on the I don't understand why. Just because your parents hate each other, that you have to hate each other. Like I don't. Is Rick setting up? Like, is it supposed to be, like, a Romeo and Juliet parallel, or, like, a... If like it a is, Patriot then he did a terrible job at it. <laughs> like, I literally, the note that I wrote was, you don't have to hate each other just because your parents hate each other. That's so dumb. Unless R.R. is trying to is trying to create some Romeo and Juliet parallels here, or just any kind of star-crossed lover's bit. That's the note I wrote. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't really fit at all, because it's not like they're actually waging war against each other. Yeah. Like, the... Montagues and Capulets. Capulets. I almost said catapults. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> it's close <laughs> enough. Look, it's close enough. Yeah, and the Capulets. Like, the, no, like, come on. And so, I, yeah, I did find that really weird. He's like, why can't we just work together? And I'd be like, that's a dumb question. I would just go on with, she's super stubborn and frustrating. <laughs> like, that in itself should be like, that's why it's difficult. It's got nothing to do with our godly parents. And then as they're rolling into, um, St. Louis. Grover wakes up and sort of groans for food straight away, and I just wrote me. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> and uh, they have a layover. And so, oh, what did I I wrote snack bar count. Oh, yeah. So we're yeah. up to two mentions of a snack bar I in saw this that book. Too. In this bit, yeah, because Grover said, as long as there's a snack bar without monsters. Yeah. Because Annabeth wants to go and see the Gateway Arch. It kind of doesn't give anyone else any room to like question <laughs> yeah there's no room for negotiation as soon as they found out they have a three hour layover she's like this is what we're doing <laughs> which I find really well if she'd left it up to the boys they'd probably have been throwing stones at walls just for fun oh, well. and uh, I also wrote because he's saying as long as there's a snack bar without monsters um and then the next part of the the next paragraph is Percy asking if Grover smells anything because he's sort of looking around going like looking really unsure mm. uh and he sniffs and says, underground, underground air always smells like monsters, probably doesn't mean anything. And Percy's like, well, the last time you said that, it meant something. <laughs> and I just wrote a note that said, Grover, you're travelling with a big three kid. Monster smell always means monster. Just assume that it always <laughs> means like, monster. Just always be ready to die, okay? Well, it just save everyone a lot of trouble if you just, like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I also I also instead of being surprised when I'm like oh there is a monster here like what <laughs> I also love the mention oh, fuck. I also love the mention of when they're walking around first he was like Annabeth was spouting random you know facts about the gateway arch and Grover was handing me jelly beans so I was set and I was yeah. like ah, lol yes <laughs> what a mood and I just then thought that was very funny that actually made me go ah, out loud when I was reading it <laughs> Oh, guys, if I had 
the name of the person who made that TikTok, I will tell you. But somebody made a shadow puppet like presentation comedy of Noah's Ark, yeah. the story of Noah's Ark for their like art project project in yeah. college, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it had a sea shanty in there. It had like some slang. <laughs> it was very funny. Well, I thought it was anyway. <laughs> And then as they're walking through towards the arch, they're sort of talking a little bit about uh, the god symbols of power. And they talk, start talking about the helm of darkness. And um, it's sort of like Annabeth's invisible cap. Mm. Except and not. <laughs> fun fact, it is also sometimes referred to as the cap of invisibility. Which so, like, cool. that's really fun. Um, what but yeah, I so, love is that after they mention its power, are you going to mention all its powers? Oh, no, you can. Go ahead. I don't have it in front of me. I can't read it out. What were you about to say? Finish your sentence. Well, I was just going to say that I just love that afterwards, like, as an offhand statement, Grove is just like, why do you think all reasonable people, like, all reasonable creatures are afraid of the dark? And I was mm. like, ha! Confirming my fears. <laughs> like, yes, I love Hades. Pardon? You love Hades. No, but the concept of being afraid of the dark. Like when you're a little oh. kid and you run, like you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and then instead of calmly just stepping into bed, you have to run and leap so that nothing grabs your ankles from underneath the bed. It's yeah. an irrational... It's, I'm doing air quotes right now. It's in... in, in oh, fuck, I can't speak. I have a stroke. It's an irrational fear. Mm. But yet so well, okay, so the Helm of Darkness has I do a love few Hades, names. Uh, it's known as the Cap of Hades, the Helm of Hades, Cap of Invisibility, Helm of Darkness, like a whole bunch of different names. Yeah. And um, They all mean the same thing. <laughs> obviously enables the user, yeah. not necessarily Hades, the user to become mm. invisible uh, to other supernatural entities. Yeah. It functions like a cloud of mist. Ooh, mist yeah. And so, um, What's that I mean, in here it says that in, like in the book it says that he can just it allows him to become darkness like he can just melt into shadow and pass through walls Which so it's kind cool. of similar but it's also the helmet is like a proverbial or like a metaphor for people who conceal their true nature through some kind of cunning device which really? is bringing back to the thing you brought up about Annabeth a few episodes ago about how she's hiding under the invisibility cap and mm. doesn't want to get into her true self. It's sort of working the yeah. same way as the Helm of Darkness, which I think is really interesting. Like, there's a quote here that says, not from the book, but it says, The Helmet of Pluto, which maketh the politic man go invisible, is secrecy in the council and celerity in the execution. You're going to have to explain that to me. I'm too drunk. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically what I just said. Great. Like, it's you're hiding yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the people who've actually worn the helm besides Hades, you've got Athena wore it once to disguise Diomedes, who was Ares' enemy during the Trojan War, mm -hmm. in order for Diomedes to wound Ares. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the only times he's been wounded in war. Yeah. Because, let's be real, it's his high point. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, um, that's his cocaine. <laughs> yeah. You've also got Hermes wore it during his fight with the giant uh, Hippolytus, or Hi Hippolytus, I don't know how to pronounce it. And then Which one's his power? Hermes. No, no, Hippolytus. I'm pretty sure Hippolytus is the antithesis, the antithesis to Hermes. Right, okay. He's I think. I mean, I can, like, I can Google it, but I'm pretty sure I was that's just, who. I was just checking. So what does he do? Just the, burn messages and leave people on red? 
Well, the other person who's worn <laughs> it was really very funny. I'm hilarious. The other person who's <laughs> worn it was uh, Perseus during his quest to Medusa. He didn't wear it fighting Medusa, but he wore it afterwards in order to escape her sisters. Ah, yes. Yeah, so in order to like run away without being killed by them. <laughs> because uh, you gon' die. You gon' die. He was the son of Theseus, if that helps anyone. Yay! He was killed by Aphrodite. Oh! <laughs> which is fun. Well, that's new. Who are we talking about? I don't, look, I don't want to get it. <laughs> I'm like, man. But, but who are we talking about? Hippolytus. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> anyway. Just, so I yeah, thought they, we strayed off about that, else, and then they're getting like, onto the St. Louis Arch, and a lady with beady eyes and pointy coffee stained teeth and a floppy denim hat and a denim dress that bulged so much she looked like a blue jean blimp, and her chihuahua board the elevator up to the arch with them. I just want to talk to you about the St. Louis Arch anyway, because I don't necessarily like what it stands for. Wow, what's it stand for? So, I mean, I understand why he's included Sorry, it in the story. I don't know anything about St. Louis Arch. <laughs> so I, just re- I didn't even know it was a thing until I read this book. Well, it's, I mean, you've probably seen pictures of it. It's an arch that literally just goes like that in the city, and you can take an elevator that goes all the way around. Oh, I figured. It goes over the river, I think, or next to the river. Okay, well, didn't know that. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I understand why he's put it in the book, because it's like a well-known monument in America yeah. and so he's sort of with the hero's journey that he's creating in these books he's also creating like a road trip sort of <laughs> feel yeah. so that you can hit all National the monuments Lampoon's and he's vacation. also just a huge fucking history nerd so he has to include all the nerdiest shit in there anyway um, you kind he just of like, love can't help it <laughs> well so the arch itself is to commemorate when Thomas Jefferson who I'm pretty sure was an president um during his, his yeah thomas jefferson i use i recognize his name from hamilton there you go the musical anyway he hercules mulligan no it's that's to commemorate his part anyway that, that he played in the louisiana purchase which was buying land from the french in 1803 so that and it basically doubled the land mass that the americans owned of the u.s at the time in right. the early 1800s uh but the like and it strengthened the country strategically and it provided for westward expansion this is the part I don't like because the westward expansion was basically pushing Mexicans and Native Americans out of their land yeah that's what it was and so that's what the arch commemorates and what it stands for oh lovely I don't like it and so um, that's what you want I mean there's a whole bunch of early history but that's like the easiest way that I think I can put it Um, and that's the most you know famous part about it and so I mean the name of the arch and the national park around it was changed from uh, the Jefferson National Expansion Park because that's problematic but it was only changed in 2015 like that wasn't that long ago is that it? that it was changed to the Gateway Arc National Park um, to shift away from honouring a monument that forced Native Americans out of their lands and ravaged their communities. No, it still stands for that. It really does. Mm, I realise that it's like that's a cool a, way to see the city up that high and it's the tallest arch in the entire world. You but it's, right there. Yeah. That's not even a band aid. That. That's a bit of tissue and some tape. <laughs> a 
name's not really going to change that, so that really no. sort of like gets on my nerves. And isn't bit, that but... more insulting? I mean, but see, this is the thing. Like, like a lot of it's a controversial topic. I mean, well, just a lot of monuments in any. Oh yeah, we got uh, plenty like here in Australia. Industrialized, really do <laughs> country or place. It's going to have some meaning behind it that pushed out the indigenous people. So that's yeah, it's just shit. White people suck. <laughs> we do suck. We are really horrible. We do suck. Anyway, so then after they've sort of us <laughs> continuing chatting, her she's had her fangirl moment Sorry, at guys. the top of the arch, whatever. And um, See, so she's going to get into the what? Sorry, is that in itself problematic as well? A white chick fangirling over an arch that symbolizes the Joe, the amount of fanfics that I've read oh. that are like Annabeth is from the south, and so she, you know, is all of that. Those fix are all like, Adamant's toxic, oh my god, like I hate Adamant. Like, how do you. Like, all of that. But, like. It's gem, but. <laughs> We're just gonna streamline past it. Are we? We're not gonna blame Adamant, we're gonna blame Rick. Rick! Because <laughs> technically, Annabeth is Rick, because Rick wrote her. But, like, whatever. But, yeah, so after she's had her time at the top, whatever, having a good time, checking out all the architectural. Structural. Wonderment. She and Grover get into the elevator and then Percy doesn't fit. Yeah. So they offer to get back out, but then it's too much a problem, whatever. So Percy's yeah. like, no, you go down, like I'll just catch the next one. And then we get um you know, Classy, nice. We get uh Chimera and Echidna reveal themselves, which is super fun. So And I love that our boy Percy knows what an echidna is. <laughs> If y'all don't know what echidnas are, look They're them up. They're so cute. They're the most adorable things. Yeah. Have you ever, if you've ever seen one of them, like, shuffle when they walk, it's so cute. They just... <laughs> An echidna is like an Australian version of a porcupine or a hedgehog, but, like, cooler. It's just adorable. Yeah. He just, he's just minding his own business. He's just chilling. Yeah. He's just hanging out. But anyway, so echidna herself starts to transform from just, like, a fat lady... Into Echidna. <laughs> yeah. Into so a snake lady. Her arms are scaly and green, and when she smiles, she has fangs for teeth, and, and the a pupils forked of her tongue. eyes were slits like a reptile's. And then Chimera uh, also starts to transform and whatever. So From a Chihuahua into yeah. Chimera. <laughs> do you want to talk about Echidna first, or do you want to talk about Chimera first? Well, you introduced Echidna, so go for her. Okay, so. Fun fact, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Echidna is immortal, like all fun monsters, whatever. Yeah, She's yeah. also the mother of all monsters, as she says in the book. Yes, she makes it her very obvious title when it's she calls out, I am the mother! It's yeah. her catchphrase. It is her claim to fame. So she is the mother of all monsters, and her husband, or, you know, mate, whatever, Typhon, is the father of all monsters. Yeah. Typhon's obviously the the monster that all the gods fight in the last one. Yeah, all the gods fear yeah. and fight. So yeah, anyway, yeah. She is first mentioned in uh, Hesiod's Iliad and Theogony, or Theogony, however you say it. I have no idea she's what you just said, but okay. She's actually <laughs> not half human, half snake. She's half nymph. So, Ooh. yeah. So she's got still, like, the beauty of a nymph in her, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put air quotes, mortal half. Appearance. Yeah. And then her serpent half, there's actually a lot of. Uh, sort of discussion over whether well, she is... Well, snakes can be beautiful, too, and well, they're also kind of hypnotising. Yes. So... But there's, like, sort of a lot of discussion around whether she... Her, the snake part of her is just 
the end of a snake or whether it's actually 100 snake heads to match the 100 heads that snake heads that Typhon has. Ooh. Yeah. So her, 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 there's also discussion over who her parents are. Some people say that it's Tartarus and Gaia who were also Typhon's parents. Some people say it's uh, Forces and Cedo. Just, yeah, there's different yeah. myths, whatever. And so anyway, her most famous children with Typhon are Laden the Dragon, who is uh, the guard of the Garden of the Hesperides. Yeah. Then we've also got Kind Another era. dragon that was to protect the Golden Fleece. I can't remember if that's the Colchian dragon or not. Um, it could be. And then you've got uh, the Lenane Hydra, obviously. The Chimera, obviously. Uh, then you've got Orthrus and Cerberus, who were brothers. Yeah. Then you've got the Sphinx, the Nemean Lion, the Caucasian Eagle, which was Prometheus's Punisher, the one who ate out his liver. Yeah. Then you've got the Chromionian Sow, the Gorgons, Colchian Dragon. The Sow is the... The pig. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that... Does he fly or no? Or is that just his girlfriend? I don't know, there's probably a few. Um, then you've got... His girlfriend flies. <laughs> and you've got Gorgons, the Colchian Dragon, and some myths say uh, Scylla, who is... This is the name we couldn't remember, the other monster that picks soldiers, picks sailors oh, out of Scylla. the sea monsters. Yeah. Scylla, Scylla. Yeah. But she's the, the um, partner okay. to Caritas. Who sucks down boats yep. and stuff. Who we couldn't think of in Yeah, so Scylla picks the sailors and who was the other one? Caritas. Caritas swallows, swallows the boats. Yeah. So Yeah. I, I mean like there are there are sort of differing myths about Scylla's parents, because some other myths say that her mother's actually Hecate or Hecate, whatever you say it. Hecate. Um, yeah. That's how I say it. And then there are also some myths that say that Typhon and Echidna were the parents of the first Dracon. Mm. So, just like different stuff. And anyway. What I love that people say about Dracons, they're like, it's so insulting how beautiful they are. <laughs> and I'm like, why? That's awesome. Deadly and gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. But so, the reason that uh, there are sort of differing opinions over whether she was one part snake or a hundred part snake is because it's said that her snake a half eats flesh. And oh. how does it eat flesh if it doesn't have a head to eat it? You True know? that. So that's why people were like, mm, maybe it ends in a snake head. And then maybe it has a hundred of them to match her husband. Woohoo! Yeah. So she herself represents the corruptions of Earth, like um, slime and gross waters and disease and rot and everything. And she's sometimes actually equated with Python, Apollo's nemesis, yeah. because he's described as the rotting one. And so... Because he's... Yeah, so she's because that's what she represents. She's and also I mean, sort of literally smells. Equated with him, yeah. And then so, and this is what I was getting into now with mm. you having brought up the Australian echidna and her getting so offended by it in this book. Yeah, how could you? There is actually a reason that the Australian echidna was named that. Yeah. And it's because she herself is part mammal and part reptile, and echidnas are also part mammal. Or like they have both tendencies, mammal and reptile tendencies, and, and so do platypus. Echidnas and platypuses are the only two mammals on Earth that actually lay eggs, so that's why it's called the echidna. And you know what? Australia's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, um, echidnas are adorable. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about echidna. Oh, side note: Jeez, this yeah. has nothing to do with the podcast. I just oh. thought I'd tell you about it. Um, there was a little alligator at a zoo. And it was just sort of like, the caption was, how am I supposed to be afraid of these guys now? <laughs> and it was just really cute. Because it was just like, you know how you see alligators with their heads 
and they bob in the water and they look really scary because they're in murky water and you can't see their body. This little alligator, he's like, he's only like this big. But anyway, but underneath his arms and legs and his tail and he's just sitting in the water, literally like, <laughs> and he's just like floating along. So his head is like that and his body's like this way. And he's like, right. hmm, floating along in this crystal clear water. It just looks so cute. And I was like, I agree with the caption. How am I supposed to be afraid of you when all I can see now is you just cutely floating in the water? That is funny. Yeah, cute as. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Let me get in. Okay, so um, I can talk about Chimera now if you want. So okay. you know the Chimera is part... Part lion, goat, and snake. It's also, in some myths, part Eagle? dragon. I was so close. I was like, I knew it was some kind of flying creature. And it's a girl. Ah, oh, the female. She's a female. <laughs> bitches be crazy. <laughs> so she's got the front half and the head of a lion, and then on her oh. back is the head of a male goat sprouting, but mm-hmm. then her hind legs and hind quarters, whatever, are dragon, and then she has a snake with a head for a tail that is venomous, and yeah. she can breathe fire. Which, the breathing fire bit's probably, like, the weirdest part. <laughs> yeah. So, Like, because she... they didn't mention anything in the book, uh, in this book, that any part dragon was connected to her. So when all of a sudden she could breathe fire, I was like, oh. Mm. I was like, look at that. That's yeah. new. <laughs> so she's a she, and people know that she's a she, because even though she has a lion's mane, which would normally be the male, or would normally, you know, you would interpret that as a male... The only reason that people yeah. know she's a she is because you can see her ears. And in depictions of male lions, you could not see their ears in their mane. That's literally the only reason that people think she's a girl. What? Yeah. But in it's real lions... Ears, you not the mane. <laughs> but in real lions, you can still see their ears. I think it also mane. has to do with the way the ears are pointed, like, up instead of back, or like, you know... Now I'm just thinking of like a teddy bear. So that's the reason that she's a she... Uh, but the term chimera. But she calls him son. Yeah. You kidnap. Yeah. Rick, make up your mind, or yeah. do your research. One of the yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the term chimera is actually now just come. It's sort of you know come around to just describe any mythical or fictional creature with parts taken from various animals. Yeah. Uh, Same and it's kind of also like a, not a griffin. What's wrong with me? Yeah. It's also the term just now given to Sphinx? any no. thing in nature that appears with two sets of DNA, which mm. I'll get into after because we know about that. <laughs> anyway, so she has a terrible temper. She's a bad, bad girl and is near invincible. Invi- yeah, invincible. And she's often seen as an omen appearing before natural disasters like volcano eruptions. I think she causes those, but whatever. <laughs> Volcano erupts. So yeah. what? And so the reason that I talked I about think... at the beginning of this episode that she that the reason that he Rick has put her in <laughs> the this beginning, we're like halfway through, okay? <laughs> well, her story is twined with Poseidon's story, Ooh. is because in the myths when she was first defeated, she was defeated by Bellerophon, who was a son of Poseidon. Ah. And so he teamed up with uh, Pegasus and rained arrows at her from the air okay. to like wound her. Yeah. And then he took a lead spear and hurled it into her fiery throat, which melted the lead. Wait, Chimera or... Bellerophon. Or Echidna. Like, who do you aim it at? No, no, at Chimera. Okay. So he took the spear and hurled it into her throat, and then the lead melted and spread throughout her body and burned her from the inside out. Wow. 
Wow. And then she That's died. a gruesome death. Yeah. So the reason that uh, Bellerophon was picked was because he, when he was young, committed a crime against a king. And then... Which as one? Minos? Proteus. Okay. And then Let's as a punishment, <laughs> he uh, was... Wait, is this before or after Minos' time? Oh, I can't remember. Okay. Um, he didn't want to punish him, uh, but then he became, Bellerophon became Proteus' wife's lover, so he was like, mm, that's not really what I want. Or she, well, she asked him to become her lover, and he said no, and so then she said, no, Fine, go kill her. this fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> she said that he raped her, and then Proteus was Was it mad, true, though? Obviously. Well, he refused her, so... No. Okay. I was just making sure. Yeah, so then the king was mad, um, but then knowing that Bellerophon was the son of Poseidon, he couldn't really kill him, so instead he decided to give him... Uh, An impossible task. Well, he sent him to his father-in-law, and then his father-in-law gave him the impossible task of yeah. killing right. the Chimera, not expecting that he would actually come back from it, <laughs> and he did, and they were all like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, well, we're on a monsters and quest. Yeah. Damn it! Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, the other thing that I was going to say is what I was alluding to before, the fact that we know that Chimera now means you just have two sets of DNA, <laughs> we learnt that from Teen Wolf. <laughs> good old, good old Teen Wolf. Um, yeah, so Teen anyone who Wolf. has, like, a donated organ or someone who... Good show. If we're going off Teen Wolf storyline, absorbed their twin in the womb. Um, or ate their twin, really. Which is... Yeah. But yeah, I don't really like the Chimera storyline in Teen Wolf, though, because it's just so confusing. No. Werewolf plus something like coyote or um, what's, the one that, what's the one that eats people? Uh, Windigo. Or Windigo. Or like the electricity one or like uh, the panther one. There's just a Jaguar. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> this is why I don't like that storyline. The like electricity Kitsune, really. one. Did they ever come up with an actual name for that? <laughs> the Kitsune. I meant the other guy. Or is he his part name, Kitsune? His name was... Josh. It was Josh. I was right! Yeah, oh. I was thinking Donovan. Mini wave in celebration of me! Woo! Donovan was the Windigo one. That's from Friends. Yeah. I also just had a note here that said, um, these kind of hybrid animal monsters, like the Chimera, or like a Manticore, or like a Centicore, or like a Griffin or anything, oh, that have like more than one part of an animal. I just so terrified. I was right thinking Griffin. Griffins are cool! See, when you say griffin, my brain also thinks hippogriff. <laughs> but yeah, so then we get the rest of the chapter is him fighting the chimera, obviously, and then it blasts a hole in the side of the wall and he goes, well, I'm about to save these humans, and jumps Ooh, out of the hole, knowing that once he goes down, he's like, it'll leave I'm about to alone. die anyway. <laughs> and then, yeah, he goes, uh, I've heard that hitting water from that height is like slapping concrete, so dad, please save me. So I don't actually, <laughs> do you have like the underwater powers before this moment like fully like can breathe underwater see and that's it. what i don't know is that they say that i feel like they he were like poseidon believes in you and when he prayed did then poseidon bless him with these gifts i so think that that's what happened survive. because wouldn't you at 12 years old have been swimming at least once before and known that you yeah. weren't wet exactly so that's the thing yeah we're assuming he was blessed with these gifts as he prayed to his father falling to his death yeah. Kind of like, except maybe Pos whether or not Poseidon did it on purpose or accident, where he was like, oh, that's too many gifts. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he was like, that was supposed to be temporary. 
<laughs> but they're not. Yeah. So fuck. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she anyway, yeah, so that's the end of chapter 13, and we'll get right into chapter 14 yeah. because it's been 50 minutes already. Hang on, but was he blessed with those powers, or did he just, you know, develop them in the Once moment? knowing he was a demigod? Or yeah, like, well, it's kind of like before he learned. Before we'll he find learned, out, we don't even know if he's alive yet, Jordan. I know, it's crazy. But before he learned how to control his water powers, they would only come out when he was in. Emotional. Yeah, emotional or, you know, like in feeling a desperate amount of a particular, usually aggression and anger. Yeah. But the, um, you know, they, they would only actually work during those kinds of situa- situations. Yeah. Yeah, so. Anyway, so, here's our recap for chapter 14, I Become a Known Fugitive. The river catches yeah. Percy from his fall and heals his chimera bite. Oh, yeah, guys, he was bitten by a chimera. Then as he is discovering his new underwater powers, a nereid from Poseidon's court appears and Percy mistakes her for his mother. The nereid gives him a message, a destination, and a warning to not trust gifts. When she fades, Percy surfaces and finds his friends amongst the human emergency services swarming the monument. The trio overhears news reports of Percy's continued status as a fugitive after supposedly exploding the arch before boarding the Amtrak train again towards death. Have you got any thoughts and queries on... This chapter is really chapter? short, so really I think short, I've written much to say. about as much in the recap as there is in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, you don't have to read the chapter anymore, guys. Um, I did have some notes on Nerids, though, seeing as that's who we meet. Before we move on to the Nerids, though, sure. I had some mental notes on the pollution in these rivers. Oh, uh, yeah. And my first thought was... Um, Poseidon, I know it's only a lake, but, like, dude, you could clean that up if you wanted. The Mississippi River's a river, Joe. Potato, potato. It's not the ocean. That's what I meant. You're thinking of the Great Salt Lake. That's what I am thinking of, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, not the Great Salt Lake. The Lake Michigan is what that's, you're thinking Yeah, of. I, was, I was like, is it the Michigan Lake? Anyway, Lake Michigan. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Anyway, but still, is Lake Michigan really polluted? I don't know, I've never been to Chicago or Michigan. Me neither. We should go. <laughs> okay, well. Anyway, um, but. <laughs> Joe, there's a pandemic happening right now, so <laughs> you noticed. We're also broke. <laughs> I'm so. not, but okay. I'll get fucked. <laughs> I'm, I'm just poor. a pamphlet. I'm poor. Help me, I'm poor. Help me, I'm poor. It's from Bradsmaids. Did we quote that in the last one too? I don't know. The last episode, probably. Anyway, but um, yeah. Why doesn't he just snap his fingers and clean the river? Also, there are river spirits in these rivers. Why don't they do anything? They're like, no, we're just gonna chill in this filth. Well, we find out in in the last Olympian when Percy's got his sand dollar. Yeah, and he pays. Yeah, that's the river spirit. The eastern Hudson. And that's the only way they can clean it. Maybe it takes a lot of effort to make a sand dollar. I don't know. But what I mean is, is that they didn't even, like, try to even section off where the rubbish went so they could maybe have some cleaner currents throughout the... Because, Joe, that would invite too much of people going, oh, we don't have to clean ourselves. Like, readers going, oh, because some god would somewhere will just do it for us. Yeah. That's why. We're horrible. We are... Humans are a plague. We are a plague on the earth. You know, if a media came to get rid of us, we would be, you know, the earth would be fine. <laughs> so I've got some notes on nerds. 
They have long flowing hair as dark as midnight, sea green mm. eyes, and gossamer white dresses that billow around them in the water. Mm. Uh, the most beautiful Neri ever is Poseidon's wife, Amphitrite. Of course. Uh, the only difference between her Bagged and other her. Nerds is yeah, <laughs> the only difference between her and other nerds is that she's got like brown eyes instead of green. Ah, oh, what's the point? <laughs> because she's beautiful. Um, nerds are actually minor sea goddesses. Yeah. Uh, and they represent various parts of the sea, like brine and foam and sand and waves, kind of the same as nymphs resent. Yeah. Resent. Resent. Represent different kinds of like trees. Resent. <laughs> yeah. They're children of uh, Nereus and Doris. So Nereus was. Um, Titan, I'm pretty yep. sure. Yes? I don't know. I'm gonna Google what it. about Triton? <laughs> <laughs> Triton's just amazing. <laughs> Kate's best friend, best of friends, best of friends. He was the son of Pontus, a personification of the sea and Gaia, the earth goddess. So, is Nereus a Titan? He was not the first sea god. He was contemporary of the Titans, and oh, Oceanus was the sea god. Was the sea titan? I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. It's all too much information. Anyway, uh, Nereids are often associated with the agency, but they really just are naiads, but of ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nereids is salt water, naiads is fresh water. Right. But they're basically... The bada bing bada boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're matrons of sailors and fishermen, and they often accompany Poseidon in his court. Right. The term nereid is actually just come to be used for, like, all nymphs and fairies and fae, not necessarily ones of the sea, like, just okay. now. Is it kind of degrading to them, though? Well. Um, but yeah, another like little fact: Nereid is one of you know, the planet Neptune. It's one of its moons. Love it. Which is just like cute. It is adorable. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, there's that. So you're basically being mooned by. <laughs> Percy got mooned. <laughs> so yeah, she's um, Poseidon's messenger in this point. That's telling Percy that um, Poseidon believes in him and that he should go to Santa Monica. Yeah. Because and when you've like been summoned by a god, him. you can't ignore yeah. it. And then she says just, like, to not trust any gifts that anyone has ever. And Percy's like, what do you mean? Yeah, which, which is super vague and on the purpose. shoes and the backpack. And everything. Does he and get a backpack the money. Him? Or Pardon? is it the movie? No, he gets a backpack. Okay. Remember yeah, when they're basically leaving... Basically just means anything from Luke. When they're, when they're leaving the um, Lotus... See, casino, but then he, his backpack that... appears on his back and he's like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden as they're travelling further and further down into the underworld, he's like, my backpack's getting real heavy, I wonder why. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, um, by Poseidon sending this message, it wouldn't it mean that Poseidon knows Luke is the one who stole him, but I realise it just means Poseidon knows someone's going to try to frame Percy, not necessarily who. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that was me having a brain fart moment. Anyway, Probably thinks Poseidon's not Poseidon. So Hades trying to freaking blame him. He's not. Hades is a wonderful human being. God. Um, so yeah, he picks up his sword that he dropped in the river. and then Which was unnecessary. Surfaces. You could have left the river and it would have followed you. Yeah, and he finds all of these like emergency services, like ambulances, whatever, surrounding the arch. And then he like comes out of the river and a kid's like, Mom, did you see that guy come out of the river? He's dry. And I'm like... <laughs> Mm, kid, something. 
<laughs> and then he goes it's okay. and finds the Annabeth. parents also like kids shut the fuck up yeah he goes and finds Annabeth and Grover and then he tells them what happened with Chimera and Echidna and they're both like oh shit and then they're um, like we're out of here yeah basically I mean they have the whole stuff with the fugitive going on but they're basically just still yeah, calling Percy a fugitive and whatever and yeah that's the end of chapter 14 yeah so then did you have anything else chapter. to say about that chapter? No. Oh, but chapter 15 is my absolute favorite chapter. Favorite chapter of this book. Favorite. So, in chapter 15, a god buys us cheeseburgers. The trio find a car wash to send an iris message to camp where Luke answers their call instead of Chiron. Luke tells Percy of the camp and how campers and cabins have been siding with different gods over the stolen master vault before then accusing Hades of stealing the vault himself. Luke also plants a seed of doubt about Annabeth in Percy's mind. When the message fades, the trio journey to a diner where they meet, where they are met by Ares, who gives them a side quest to rescue his lost shield. The trio tracks the shield to an abandoned amusement park, and after being broadcast to Olympus going through a booby-trapped ride, the trio emerges victorious with the shield in hand. Wow. Yeah, my favourite chapter. My favourite part of this chapter... <laughs> Is the very beginning of this chapter when they're iris messaging Luke and Percy gets all flustered, like just as flustered as Annabeth, and he talks about how, oh man, I just lost track of time talking to Luke, and then all of a sudden, the time had dinged, and you know I could only speak to him for another like another minute, and then we would be parting ways again. And I was like, Percy, just say you love him. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> We get it. I like that um, the Iris messaging and all of that is like a little bit of world building. Like I love that he's just uh, expanding all the information that we have on this world so far. Like putting in things like, oh, they can't use cell phones, but make some rainbow mist and you can call anyone you want as long as you have a drachma. And then yeah. so they, yeah, sort of talk about Iris. And the reason that she is able to, they're able to send messages through her is because she's the goddess of messengers. And in the Titan War, she was the one who gave messages to the gods, whereas her sister, Aki, was the one who betrayed the Olympians and gave messages to the Titans. But then um, after... And so that was sort of told through... <laughs> she's also the goddess of organic foods and stuff. And rainbows. <laughs> and then um, after the Iliad and during the Odyssey, she was sort of... Hermes sort of took over yeah, more she was the, shunned to the side. role of messenger even though it's still her role it's just sort of different now and we get into a little bit more in Heroes of Olympus and she sort of takes on the organic business side of her role rather than the messenger side because that sort of like doesn't take any effort now because she's like other people do it for me so yeah, I just literally. she's like I just have this ongoing fund and I don't yeah. know what to do with it so I thought organic food sales yeah but so she's the goddess of um, rainbows because she's literally just the personification of a rainbow. So if she faded, there'd just be no rainbows left in the world. Which oh. I feel like means there would be no colour. I was going to say, because rainbows are just figments of light. Yeah. Oh my god, please don't fade. I... <laughs> that would be... Please don't die. Please don't die. <laughs> That's Phoebe when she's talking oh, about Phoebe. the spirit of her yeah. bicycle from Friends. You're killing its spirit. Okay, Ross. Please don't die. 
<laughs> but yes, I also had a note here about Annabeth's crush and Percy's crush, hey. Oddly, which is just very See, funny. Annabeth's crush is so overwhelming that because she wasn't looking her best, she had to run out of the screen. Whereas Percy was yeah. like, look at me, look at me all the time, I have to look at you, you have to look at me. And it was like, okay, Percy. Yeah. But does that also contribute, now that we've talked about Annabeth wanting to be invisible all the time because of her hat, she can't even confront her crush. She runs off to the sideline. I literally am just, just thought of that as I said it. And I was like, oh my god, it fits. <laughs> so, <laughs> just adding to your Yeah, I just had to mention it. So I was like, ooh, check nice. that out. Nice. Oh. Mini way yeah, celebration of me. Woo! <laughs> That's also from Friends. <laughs> but yeah, so Annabelle and Grover run out of screen because there ends up being like a car who's being too loud and Percy can't hear anyway. So yeah. yeah. They go to fix that while he talks to why Luke. she grabs, drags Grover along, I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> to give Percy alone time. Ooh. I don't know. Because he's the one on the quest, so yeah. he has to know the information. Sure. Anyway, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Luke starts telling Percy about all the rumours that he's been spreading. Obviously he doesn't say that he's the one spreading the rumours, but like, we know. No, we no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Luke's um, being very forthcoming with all of the information that he's giving, talking about the rumours that he's starting, and he's so why cabins like... and campus are starting to take sides, and yeah. like... <laughs> when um, he was literally like, it was probably that no-good son of a gun who let in a hellhound, bastard! And I was like, oh, I think you're overselling it there, you Luke. bastard! <laughs> and you love the toilet seat, you bastard! <laughs> it's also from friends. Are you, are you guys seeing that we have yeah. a favourite show? Or? seeing we have a pattern that we're <laughs> laying out. <laughs> but yeah, so then he talks about uh, Hades' Helm of Darkness and how he had to be the one who stole the Master Bolt, but then they're talking about how they can't steal each other's gifts, and yeah. so Luke's kind of implying yeah. that Annabeth went so invisible like, and stole them, and he went, oh, I, didn't, I didn't think Annabeth, and Percy's like, what? <laughs> yeah, Percy was like, I wasn't thinking that yeah. at all, but alright. <laughs> Luke also asks if um, what a manipulative bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's literally ticking all the boxes with this conversation. Like, he's doing a really fit. good job. He also hints about hinting that Talia in. and Grover's past and his inability to be a keeper and whatever. So, yada, yada, yada. sort of just yada 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 yada. <laughs> so yeah, he's a uh, Literally just planting seeds of doubt everywhere in Percy's mm. mind, and Percy's like, I don't know what to make of this. Because <laughs> technically he's known the other two longer than he's known Luke, but Luke's also the older, you know, role model-ish Yeah, also character. the way he's got a crush on, so... Well, yeah, that too. Because <laughs> he hasn't quite <laughs> developed his crush on Annabeth, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And then we get into them going to the diner for some food, and Ares rolls up on a motorbike with a seat made of human skin. Yeah, he was like, Caucasian leather. And I was like, oh my god! That's what you want. Also, sorry Rick, but that is the most horrific thing I think I've read in this entire book. Like, Caucasian leather. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Yeah, it's disgusting. And, um... (laughs) We sort of... (laughs) So gross. I mean, because they can't pay for dinner, Ares sort of sits there and goes, yep, I'll pay for dinner, but then also pays for the drachma, which they're like, I mean, we could have done that. <laughs> well, no, they use their last one to call Percy Boyle. Oh, yeah, true. 
Um, but as they're talking to Ares, Percy finds himself getting angrier and angrier, which we know is one of Ares' yeah, yeah, it's his skill skills. Um, he's good at pushing people. But so aside from being the god of war, he's actually also the spirit of battle, and he was not worshipped all that much in Greece. Like, he wasn't liked, and that's why he's not liked by any of the Greek gods, because he doesn't have much sway with or didn't have much sway with the Greek population the only people who really liked him were like Spartans Spartans yeah <laughs> and he literally mentions that he was like god this place is like Sparta I yeah. love it you get to carry a weapon wherever you want yeah and so um, it's like shut up Ares no one cares what you have to say <laughs> the only thing that the Greeks really liked him for is because he was beautiful and that's how he attracted Aphrodite's attention which I mean we get into later but the other reason that he liked Aphrodite is not just because she was beautiful or whatever, it's because she was also at the time of height of Sparta, she was also a war goddess, but mm. that was like the early iteration of her form. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Because there's also like differing opinions over whether that was she's the case, he, she, Zeus's he daughter should also or whether be. she's older than all the Olympians. I, I thought she was made from sea foam. Well that's yeah. it's differing. I like the one that she's older than all the others. Because well, how else would she be created? Whatever. Zeus's daughter. Ew, I don't like that. No, she's not Zeus's daughter. <laughs> I yeah, I like the iteration that she's not Zeus's daughter because then it means that brother and sister aren't getting together. Like Ares. Well, yeah. Yeah. Also, just in general, I think it's interesting. Yeah. So because that um, also means that she was the first god. I also well yes, which is cool. Yes, and that's the whole. I think that's what they go with in these books too because so love outlasts everything and whatever. Which is true. Yeah. <laughs> My love for these books will never die. <laughs> and, um, but uh, yeah, I also, um, just thought I'd well, point out the difference lust between. And, you know, sexual urges have been around for eternity. Hello, how was everyone else created? I, don't, I thought, well, yeah. And I thought I'd point out the differences between Ares and Athena because both are considered god and goddess of war. Yeah, war and warcraft. Yeah. And it's, um, Ares is the god of the brutal side of battle, like the actual physical gutting getting right into the business kind of yeah, battle, whereas Athena's the like the strategy Where she, uh, yeah, Athena's yeah. in the tents, who's got, She's got all the, plan, the plans He's up. carrying out the plan. Yeah. But really, he's not carrying out her plan, he's doing just doing what he wants and chopping yeah. off heads. So yeah, that's... <laughs> He'd be like, he's on our side! Don't care! You're yeah. cutting them all down. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's fun. I also wrote a note here that I really love that we're adding to the plethora of nicknames against Poseidon because he calls him Old Seaweed. <laughs> so you're Old Seaweed's kid. I yeah, think. and Death Breath for Hades. Oh, you're such a bad rep in this book. <laughs> I can hate it. Why would you do him so dirty? Fucking Rick. Punch him in the face. I also just love, I mean, when he's issuing the uh, quest to these kids and Percy's like, I mean, why don't you just do it yourself? And he literally just turns back with, because I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't want to. And also, you know, Ares knows what's down there, so he's like, no, 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 you're not going to catch me this time. Because he knows what happened after the last time Hephaestus caught he and, Aphro- and yeah, Aphrodite together. Of course together. he knows, he was there. Well, yeah. But do you know? They made fun of him. But do you know what, like, happened? No, I don't know the details. I know exactly what they said in the book is that they trapped them somehow and yeah. made fun of them. <laughs> Do you want to know? Yes, obviously. It's kind of funny. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, Herbastus went away to his forge on an island. Yeah. And then every time he went What's away. What's the island called? 
oh, it's like Le- Lysia or Lydia or Lydia or something. <laughs> I think you wouldn't know at all. You'd be like, I don't know. And then um, <laughs> every time that he would go away, uh, Aphrodite and Ares would, you know, canoodle. Canoodle. <laughs> Under the Smooshing booties. <laughs> yes, that is the preferred term. <laughs> Thank you for saying it that way. It made us all very comfortable. <laughs> That's from Brooklyn. Nine nine. Um, anyway, so every time that he would go away, they would get together, thinking that no one would know. But Helios, <laughs> the sun god, sees everything. Well, no, no, he's so the sun Helios god. went and tattled, and Hephaestus was like, "Well, oh, I don't want to catch him." So Hephaestus <laughs> was like, "Ha, all right." <laughs> yeah, he lied and told Aphrodite that he was going to the island of the Forge but then just hid somewhere, and then so when Aphrodite and Ares got all nakies and into bed, Hephaestus, like, dropped a giant gold net on them. Yeah. And um, it was, like, invisible to the naked eye and as soon as it, like... But then as soon as it, like, touched them, yeah. it Once became you trap again. a god, you And can't. so, because they're all naked and literally in the middle of <laughs> the act of the sexual, <laughs> Hephaestus wrapped them up in this net while they're still together... <laughs> Brought them out in front of everyone. Oh my god! Thinking, well, see, he thought every, he thought that everyone would get like angry and be on his side and whatever. But instead, they all just laughed. And Hephaestus was like, "Well, this isn't what I wanted, but it's also like still kind of what I wanted." So oh my god! This. And then Ares and Aphrodite are just there, like, fuck, <laughs> literally and also figuratively. <laughs> oh, um, that's brilliant! Yeah. So that's that's what that, and that's why Ares doesn't want to be trapped again, which I kind of understand. <laughs> because hey, you did the deed. You get yeah. punished. It is his fault. Yes, it's also her fault, which she just got humiliated. Yeah. Especially because season. after that time when they were together, trapped under the golden net, Aphrodite got pregnant from that. So, Ew. and Hephaestus was like, "Well, she's like my fucking wife. That's just disrespectful." Oh, uh, are those the two sons? That but it's were... really funny, no, because the daughter that she oh, gave birth daughter. to is named Harmonia, like in heart. <laughs> 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 I just really like that because it's like the two of them together and then Hamas is like eh, eh, and they're all like eh. you know, horror meat. that's from Ace Ventura yeah yeah <laughs> oh funny <laughs> and Ares had to pay like a fine which is just also funny just for them to undo <laughs> the net that's funny yeah. yes oh, I also love the um after Ares like goes away and then Percy's sort of asking, why the hell does he need us to do it? And Annabeth goes, maybe it's a problem that requires brains. <laughs> Just like all the jibes at Ares once he's gone, which is really funny. And anyway, so then they make it to Water Rad, or What Rad. <laughs> which one's so funny. I read that. Waterland. I read that. It was like, it's supposed to say Waterland, but instead it says, What Rad? <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, so then they get into... Um, so I'm stuck in a pneumatic tube. It's hilarious! That's from Brooklyn. <laughs> so yeah, they get to the water park oh, and they find the... They're looking for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the names of the other rides they, or the attractions that they all go past confused me. Because, like, who would name any attraction that? you got to read them out to me. I can't remember what Okay, it. so you've got Ankle Biter Island. Obviously, that's where all the toddlers are. Yeah, the little puppies. What's wrong then with you've that? got head over wedgie. <laughs> but then the last one, which is the most terrifying sounding ride that I would <laughs> never go on just because of what it's called. Okay. Dude, where's my swimsuit? <laughs> Absolutely not. That is the most terrifying thing that I've ever... 
the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my whole life. That's where you the face is fucking terrifying. <laughs> the terrifying thing I've ever seen in my whole life is from um, Very Fun Musical. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm getting a long tail. The most terrifying thing you've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> it's a good. I love that musical. It's so good. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely fucking brilliant. Ow, 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 <laughs> is that a floating diary? Oh shit. <laughs> shit. It's so good. Anyway. <laughs> See, but the dude wears my swimsuit one. Is that like, do you think that's one of those really, really fast slides that you go down that when you walk out you have a major wedgie? <gasps> like the Mark V at um, Wet Wild? Yeah. On the, Gold, on the Gold Coast? Yeah. Maybe. Kind of like that one. As in, like, where's it gone? It disappeared up my asshole. <laughs> yes, that's the terminology I was thinking of. <laughs> As in, where's it gone? Oh, it's up my oh, ass. Better pull it out. <laughs> what a magic trick. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, they make it to, um... Just speculating. They finally make it to the Full Road of Love. And I just love this bit because Grover sort of, like, Percy says that Grover has to wait above and says that Annabeth has to come with him and her reaction just reminds me of Edmund in Prince Caspian when they're all about to get to Narnia and he goes I'm not holding your hand that's <laughs> <laughs> all that I can think of when, but how um, embarrassing <laughs> yeah literally when Annabeth's like um, Percy says Annabeth come with me and she goes are you kidding <laughs> and me go with you to the, the, the run of love how embarrassing and I just all I can think of was I'm not holding your hand <laughs> Which is really funny. What a great But yeah, movie. so before they go on the ride, um, Not near, I mean. <laughs> Annabeth spots the Greek letter Eta, which is the seventh letter of the alphabet. It it went through like a different a few different um, ways of how to pronounce it, like some in some iterations it was a consonant and then it transformed into a what's the other one? Consonant and not phonetically. Can't help you. Anyway, it went from like an H sound to like an English e sound word. or like an I sound. I know it, I can't forget a word, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing! And so she doesn't realise that it's the um, Greek letter for H, meaning her fastest until. Well, she does realise it's not fast enough. Well, yeah, she realises it after. Which tends to be the case with a lot of these storylines. When you figure out the story too late. <laughs> so anyway, they go on the ride. And then right as they grab the shield, Percy trips the tripwire. And then all of the Cupid heads that are surrounding the thrill ride pop up, cameras appear, and it says they're going live to Olympus in 100 seconds or 30 seconds, whatever it is. And they're both like... One minute, <gasps> 60 seconds. Or whatever. <laughs> I read this two days ago, it's a long time. I read this 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and then they're um, literally like, oh shit. <laughs> and so then, then Hannibal flips out because, yeah, because little metal spiders. spiders now, here's the thing with spiders I don't care who you are. Mm. Thousands and thousands of tiny spiders coming towards you with no way of stopping them is going to terrify anyone, yes? Yes. I don't like spiders. No, no rational person likes and spiders. And I'm going to tell you something that happened to me the other night. Oh, what happened? Right as I was going to bed. Oh, you saw one on the ceiling and it moved. No. And you lost it. I felt something <gasps> crawling down my leg. No! 
under my blanket. And it was. This was after we'd been away for a few days, so I was like, it's entirely plausible something's crawled in here while I've been away. Oh my god, it was, wasn't it? Funnily enough, I was... Is it just your hairy legs or you were feeling like <laughs> blankets? <laughs> Thank you for exposing <laughs> me on this podcast. <laughs> no. It was, I didn't check what it was because what? I just kind of like kicked it off my leg. Yeah. And then like, I was like, I don't want to know because spiders jump, Joe. So yeah. I was like, I don't want to like flick it and then have it like jump on me. Like, whatever. so I just kind of like got it out of the way. And then when I woke up in the morning, I realized it was a moth. Oh. Which is equally as gross. Just equally as yeah. like, <laughs> But at least it wasn't a spider. Yeah, at least it wasn't a spider. But then I also... Um, we used to have huntsmans in our in our family house that we used to live in. There used to be huntsmans that used to crawl into I think into you just said room. we sell huntsmans. I was like, no, we fucking No, no, not. they used to be huntsmans. And they used to crawl around our beds and stuff like that as we were sleeping. Which is fucking terrifying. Mm. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times you'd get into the shower and all of a sudden there'd be a huntsman in the shower and, you and you'd be like, right you'd be like you're naked I'm fucking naked, this thing can jump on me, Beth, there's no t-shirt to stop. I've seen too many videos of them hiding under like the lip of the toilet. <laughs> yeah, and so every time I like go home and I like sit down the toilet, I'm like, oh, like, you're like what if it's crawling on my butt? <laughs> well, I don't think that. I, could, I think that would be like, if it touches my butt, if anything touches my butt. <laughs> but um, as I was reading this, I was just also reminded, like, there's a lot of similarities between this bit and, like, the movie version of Chamber of Secrets when they go into Aragog's lair. All coming out, there's just spiders everywhere. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Ron had the right idea. Like, this is the most unrealistic part, that both yeah. Harry and Percy are completely calm in yeah. the, well, not completely, but, like, relatively still functioning mm. during these situations, and it's like, no, you are not human. <laughs> but then, like, the other part of this that just reminded me of something that I saw the other day, and it's a video that I showed you the other day, but reading this, I was reminded of a TikTok that I saw the other day of somebody peeling paint out of a bucket and doing it in such a satisfying way and the caption was so satisfying and I was like yes this is so I was obviously <laughs> watching it to the end of it because like it was satisfying and I wanted to watch all the paint peel off and it be a clean bucket underneath which was fantastic and it was but then the person who took the video turned the bucket upside down and then a spider jumped out at the camera yeah and she scared the shit out of me when she showed me that fucking video it scared the shit out of me Joe because I wasn't expecting it and that's why I had to show you because I was like well if I'm going to be embarrassed somebody else needs to be as well (laughs) hence because misery loves fucking company yeah pretty much so yeah that's that anyway so they pretty much like defeat all the spiders I mean there's not really much to say in these kind of scenes because it's all action but guys Uh, they have a little domestic when it's like I'll decide when to jump no I'll decide when to jump I know what I'm doing why the fuck do you get to decide I'm deciding fine you decide yeah but this is my favourite chapter guys because it's just I'm not holding you on her it's just very (laughs) two 12 year olds not knowing to love each other yeah it's such fun and I love it god what 12ies I love it (laughs) oh my god I have not heard that term in literal years but anyway so in all of these scenes i just love it because annabeth is basically incapacitated by fear which i also would be but oh, yeah. uses his big brain he's uh, very good at using his big brain in the action moments and it is very he's very good, very good at big using brain, his big scene. brain especially when annabeth can't use hers mm. <laughs> Why, what was that anyway, so they get thrown from the ride and uh no, 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 what, what was that noise i need to know what that laugh meant i don't remember oh, what the fuck <laughs> 
Anyway, so they get thrown from the ride. Grover tries to catch them. The momentum takes them into a sign, and then Grover becomes Nunu the Friendly Whale. Yep. <laughs> which I love. That was funny, too. I also went, ha! I read that. Uh, and then, yeah, the cameras are still rolling, so Percy yells at them. He gets really angry, and he's like, I need to talk with Ares. <laughs> Percy being sassy and But crazy. I also wrote a note here that said how we know that Percy wouldn't be a homies kid like everyone suspected that he was at the beginning is because he hates being teased and tricked so he would never do it to others it's not in his nature yeah so damn straight he hated being tricked by Aries what is the lifetime bullying like he just and that's why like and that's another thing where if you did well like reading those first few chapters if you didn't know anything about any three gods and you literally had no idea who his godly parent was going to be, like, you weren't catching up on any signs at all. Yeah. Because you just don't know. And you'd be going, oh, maybe Hermes. I Do don't think Ares? that I... No, Hermes. Okay. As his godly parent. Okay. Yeah, I... When they suggested Hermes, I was always like, even without all of the other stuff, I was like, his personality just... It's not right. It doesn't fit. So, like, yeah. No. Anyway. But yeah, so that is the end of chapter 15. That's our three chapters for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to say about any of it, Joe? Not really. I mean, other, other than what satisfying chapters to read. Oh, so good. They were good. And I'm excited for the next few two because I think the next one they start going to the underworld, which is Oh, so good because Percy's just panicking the whole time. <laughs> no, but we also get Annabeth with Cerberus and we get... Um, yeah, we also get the. the I just love uh, Annabeth was holding my hand. I couldn't fucking think. <laughs> this is when Percy is really, really is starting, like really to being like, oh my god, she's actually like proper affecting me, <laughs> my thought process. But no, I just like these next few chapters because um, Percy's finally. Oh, not Percy, but like they get to the waterbed guy. Yeah, and it's like, how did you all die? Uh, we drowned. It together. At the same time? In a bathtub. It it was a very big bathtub. (laughs) I also, I'm excited for this next chapter because it's the one where they're in the the zoo. I almost said bus. Truck, the trailer, the moving van, whatever it is. And we have a Percivet moment. And it's just nice. (laughs) Alright, so do you have a favourite scene or line or anything from these last few chapters? Oh, favourite scene? Talking to Luke. (laughs) <laughs> Your favourite? Was that yeah. really? Yeah. Hang on, wait. Let me recap. Let's see. Yep, talking to Luke. <laughs> nice. Okay, so yeah, my favourite is probably the whole, either the thrill round of love scene or... Yeah, that whole chapter is just great. ...telling her past and Percy being like, oh, hot eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my favourites. Or so. Grover being like, not even fully awake. Food! Yeah, well, that's just... <laughs> An embodiment of me. What a fucking Relate to that. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, these have been fun chapters. We're getting into like some really fun parts of these we books, which really I'm really. I'm also really excited, excited about. for the next book, honestly, because I do. Book. I like that book. It's a right. good one. Because it's all about <laughs> ocean. And I'm like, yay! <laughs> also, because it's actually like. Grover's not there to be a third wheel. So it's literally <laughs> just... Well, Grover's not there to be a third wheel. They're going to go rescue him. Yeah, Tyson becomes the third wheel, so... But I love Tyson. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tyson's adorable. I saw some fan art today of... um. I just... All the Poseidon time, I just imagine... Scans, which I, is just Poseidon and Percy. Uh, not Poseidon. Uh, Tyson and Percy as, like, little... Little sea scout boys. It was very cute. As, like... 
little toddlers. I was like, yeah. oh my god, my yeah. heart. You're a whore. No, I just, whenever I think of Tyson, I just think of him doing something, accomplishing some small task, and then just turning to Percy, all big-eyed and sparkly, and going, look! And Percy being like, that's great, buddy. And Tyson being like, yay! You're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweet. Anyway, it just <laughs> just makes me go, ooh. <laughs> you know, whenever I read it, so I'm basically just going, ooh, throughout the whole book. <laughs> Well, these chapters have been fun. The only um, thing that grosses me out so much about Tyson is that they constantly talk about how he loves peanut butter sandwiches and it just gets stuck in his teeth. And I'm like, brush your teeth! Brush your teeth! I my brain go, teeth? Don't you mean tooth? And then I went, no, he only has one eye, not one tooth. <laughs> like a good girl. Okay. No, no, she's so smart. She's so good. Anyway, well... Guys, this has been really fun. It has Thank been you so for fun joining us today. If you want to catch us anywhere else, we're on Instagram at Dan Snack Bar Pod. If you want to find me on Instagram, I am at Katie Mac. That's K A T I E M A C double K. And I'm on Inst- uh, Instagram. I'm on Twitter and Tumblr at Fish Jesus. F I S H J E Z U S. Good fun. Good fun. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to leave us a review on iTunes or even just like rate us five stars, it helps us be found like by literally anyone it just really boosts us yeah just, actually give I us mean, five stars if you could double you our listeners from review. two to four we'll be happy <laughs> we're working on making a uh an email for you guys and i don't know just a other comment ways you section can, yeah just ways you can get in contact with us just yeah. so you can have a good chat send us yarn. your questions and queries we so want to talk about them we'll probably if we have enough of them we'll probably even make bonus episodes where we're just answering yeah. your questions Literally. And if you give us suggestions, we can try different styles of yeah. podcasts. For example, Kate and I love the idea of plastered drunk podcasts. <laughs> that just sounds like fun. <laughs> That'll be incoherent, Joe. There'll be nothing to edit from that. Yeah, you'll be editing it. You'll be like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Oh my god. It was me being me hiccuping my way through sentences. <laughs> it'll, be me, it'll, be it'll be me like... Just going off on tangents and forgetting what we're talking about, being like, "What?" <laughs> Guys, at this point in uh, real time, we've also only just released, released. Yeah, like, so you our can very understand. First episode. So we're also with this, this episode trying to find different ways to improve from now. Yeah, I mean, what the we're like, still sound testing the waters, and, like, different kinds of things to do with our podcast. So please bear with us if things sound a little bit different or a little bit. Um, quaky not quaky but like not as polished as i would like them to be oh yeah it just yeah it's a it's a trial and error for us and we're really just like trying to work through that so because we're virgin podcasters <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we will see you next week come and comment on our instagram or send us a dm about what you think our next title mashup will be and if you get it right we'll i don't know read your name on the podcast or something <laughs> we'll send you yeah a we'll do a shout out or something <laughs> If you want, we can give you a shout-out if that's a big deal to you. We don't really know. <laughs> well, again, like we said, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out, and you guys are figuring it out with us, okay? So come and figure it out with us next week, because right now I need to go to bed. Anyway, but thanks for coming along for the ride, guys. And we thoroughly enjoyed making this. Hope We hope that you enjoyed listening to it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for visiting the damn snack bar. We hope you enjoyed your meal. We hope you come back next week for our new weekly special. Bye.